Welcome to the discussion, Modern Government, Mission Digital Transformation, sponsored by KPMG. Here's today's moderator, Jason Miller. My guest today is Jonathan Edge, a director at KPMG. Jonathan, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you. Let me set just a little bit of context for our conversation. Over the last 20 years, the role of the agency chief information officer has evolved many times over. At first, CIOs were stuck in the back office, watching those blinking lights of servers, worrying about emails and printers. Slowly, they emerged to new roles focused on strategy and operations, sitting, if you will, on both sides of the fence, operational and strategy. Today, CIOs are evolving once again. They are leaders, strategists, and most importantly, key decision makers in the mission areas. The Federal CIO Council's 2021 handbook outlined the roles of technology leaders across seven key areas, including leadership and accountability, strategic planning, investment management, and workforce. In the short time since the CIO Council released that handbook, the role of the CIO has evolved again. The pandemic reminded us of how just critical IT, cybersecurity is in serving citizens, protecting the nation, and everything in between. So what does the future role of the CIO look like? How can they continue to drive their agency's digital transformation efforts? Well, that's where my guest comes in. Once again, I'm joined by Jonathan Edge, a director at KPMG. Uh, Jonathan, I've spent 20 plus years in this market writing about the role of the CIO. Sure. But I want, it's great to get a kind of a different opinion, someone who's maybe watching it from a different perspective. How have you seen it evolve? How have you seen CIOs change over the last 20, 25 years? So obviously, you know, technology has changed dramatically over that period of time. Um, CIOs have had to adjust their approach based on those changes, right? How are they going to maximize technology for their business partners, for the mission of the organizations that they're supporting? And so really trying to tweak their focus such that they are bringing in the business as much as possible, that they're still focused on their core IT function, absolutely making that as uh, fantastic as possible, but also doing so in such a way that brings in their business partners and makes sure that the technology that they're creating, particularly in this digital transformation uh, world that we live in, the technologies that we're seeing, uh, it's absolutely critical that, that it is a tightly linked uh, relationship with their mission partner. We've heard that for years, technology has to be the enabler. It's never about yes. the technology, it's yep. always about the mission. Is over the last, we'll say two years, but maybe even deeper into that, longer into that, is that really come, kind of start to resonate much deeper that you're seeing as you talk to government clients and private sector clients and, and talk to CIOs? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, the digital technologies that we're seeing that are part of digital transformation allow for things like application development, allow for uh, the, the, a quick kind of uh, exchange of relationship between the CIO and their business partners to create technology in a, in a fashion that's going to be as rapid as possible, as, as mission timely as possible. We saw that with COVID, absolutely. We see that you know, across the Department of Defense based on its world posture, as you might imagine. Um, so just really, again, it's about orchestrating, from my perspective, it's about orchestrating a methodology, a process that enables that business partner, that business relationship into the CIO. So the CIO is an enabler, but it's constructed such that they are able to enable uh, in the best possible manner. A lot of CIOs that I talk to bring up this idea of, well, we're creating a new organization or we're evolving our organization to reach into the mission area. We have you know, associate CIOs or program leaders that, that are mission focused. Is that a trend that maybe got pulled into from the private sector or is that something that maybe for once the feds are maybe leading a little bit in terms of how they're integrating with mission areas? 
Well, it, there's a wide variety, right? There's a wide variety of approaches with which you know we see certainly in the in the federal space. Um, I, you know, I won't comment so much on on what we're seeing on, in the commercial side of things, but you know, I, I do think that that structure is is very important to consider. We do see uh, FMCIOs as an example, right? That that are are you know separate from the CIO core function of whatever that agency might be. Uh, but but however you orchestrate it, it I don't think that's necessarily the, the major point. The major point is the orchestration must include that business perspective because whether you're an FM CIO or a CIO, you're still supporting the FM function, right? So so making sure that you're orchestrated in such a way that that can bring in that that mission partner and create technology that's going to most enable them. You may just have created a little bit of heartburn in the world of CIOs when you said, well, if you have an FM CIO, financial management CIO, <laughs> we only got to have one CIO. Remember, right, right. If you remember the bill from uh, Connolly and ISO, only one CIO per agency that right. didn't go anywhere. Yeah. The, the Congressman ISO did try to bring that up again yeah. recently, so something to watch for. When you talk about that structure of, of the CIO's office, of the technology side of it, that's got to play into, okay, how does it push forward this digital transformation, the modernization yes. efforts? You mentioned DevSecOps, you mentioned Agile. How, how does this all kind of fit together so the CIOs are driving, along with their mission partners, this digital transformation effort? So uh, the, the point that I made before was CIOs generally, very good at what they do. From a systems integration perspective, they know how to do development, they know how to do testing, they know configuration management, they know DevSecOps, they know how to orchestrate Agile, Waterfall, whatever the mechanism that the system development lifecycle might be. Um, those are those are absolutely what we see in 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 this federal space and industry broadly, CIOs being excellent at right. So it's about taking that excellence and working with their business partners and being proactive and introspective in that evaluation. Right. So if we're really strong at these things, well, are we also strong at business process engineering, reengineering? Are we also strong at creating a technology that enables value management within our organization? Are we considering user adoption and change management strategies? Are we considering human-centered design and uh, the CX, the UI, the UX ex experience of leveraging that, that technology? And then are we creating technology that is compliant, right? That uh, is controlled, that enables the business in such a way. So we talk about this, these set of domain expertise that, and skill sets that you would expect within a, uh, in, within a properly constructed SDLC process. And you have to have that introspective review to consider, are we properly resourced against that effort? And then, do we have a methodology and a process that brings these parties in, in an orchestrated way, within our agile methodology, within our scrum teams, to create that technology? You mentioned business process engineering, and I want to go back to that for a second because I've covered a lot of events recently, a lot of CIOs and, and their staffs talk, and that seems to come up more and more. Is that a sign of how the role of the CIO kind of has changed, the fact that we're talking about this a lot more, and hopefully not just talking about it, but actually doing it? Do you, do you get a sense that that business process engineering has got a new life because of, if we get off legacy technology, if we modernize yes. our, yes. you pick it up. Absolutely, so digital transformation, right? The intent of that, is to maximize your process to be enabled through this digital life cycle of uh, digital technology. So it, it just is an ample opportunity to reevaluate what is your end-to-end -end process. Because we're moving out of email, right? We're moving out of standard operating procedures that are in a Word document, right? 
we're baking those things into our technology, into our workflows, low-code platform, uh, th things like ServiceNow, Salesforce, Appian, Pega, on and on, right? There's a, a bunch of uh, players in that space. Uh, and also things like robotic process automation. So, you know, our RPA uh, was an ample, a, a significant opportunity for organizations to reevaluate what is that end-to-end -end process and then how do we plug in our technology, whether it's a bot or a, a, a workflow technology, uh, a low-code platform technology, uh, that those are those opportunities to reevaluate our end-to-end. -end. And that can be difficult. You know, we, we see that, uh, you know, highly orchestrated organizations like like uh, Department of Homeland Security, like the Department of Defense, where they have these processes that have been around for you know some time, um, that can be a difficult conversation. There's, there's no doubt about it. But that that amplifies the need to have this business partner relationship because the CIO is never going to know everything intimately about a mission or a business, right? They're going to need that orchestrated relationship, that methodology, that process, that skill set and domain expertise when they come to the table and create SDLC. And I'll just clarify, it's not just, it's not, this isn't a, a, a CIO must do these things, right? This is a partnership within your SDLC. How am I gonna orchestrate that? Business should come to the table and say, we're gonna be a partner here, here, and here with these skill sets and part of your methodology and your process. CIO might drive that methodology and process, but the CIO needs to know that they need to enable the business to be a part of that. You mentioned orchestrate the relationship to create a better software development lifecycle, SDLC. Yes. And one of the things that this kind of comes to mind is the relationship with vendors like KPMG and others. And there's the traditional systems integrator, which are, okay, you tell me what to do and I'll go do it. But there's also this emerging term business integrator. And I think this is where that orchestration has to come in, that relationship. What's the difference? Let's start there and then we sure. can go, why is it important? Yeah, so you know, you think systems integrator, you think of those things. Uh, DevSecOps certainly, um, you know, the, the cadence of your agile uh, methodology, also things like excellent development, whatever technology you're, you're leveraging, um, you know, the evaluation of in the in the orchestration of dev uh, development, of testing, of production, uh, as well as things like configuration management, things like testing. Those are all kind of the core components of. What I would say, CIOs broadly consider their mission. Uh, but when we talk about business process reengineering, it's not just that business community, right? Uh, it is that expert in lean principles, as an example. When we talk about uh, user adoption, right? It's not just about you know having uh, change management, which we we obviously promote at, at all points in time, considering that a part as part of your SDLC. But it's about you know taking those human-centered design experts, those, those user interface, user experience, customer experience experts, and blending them into your SDLC process. These are the these are the those other attributes that you would that certainly KPMG would recommend that I would recommend be part of your SDLC and be considered as part of what successful technology looks like. And, and obviously, you know, compliance as well. You can go on and on and on. Um, into the different areas of, of a well-constructed SDLC and how that should look like that's above and beyond that systems integration function. And that's where business integration comes in. Someone may find it a little odd, strange, if you will, I'll, I'll pick your word, that mm -hmm. why would you put business integration in your SDLC? You're talking about systems or software development lifecycle. Yes. Yes, software is business, business is software, everything is, is integrated, but like I'm doing development, I'm doing SEC, I'm doing ops, right? Yeah. Like, like the business has to play a role, but 
maybe in the beginning as we come up with our requirements. But once I get into that development side or security side, the business needs to weigh in but not be deep into it. What's, what, what would you tell the, that you, person? You, absolutely. We do, we do hear that. That's the change that we're, we're advocating for. Uh, the, the, the cadence of agile, right, where you certainly you're taking strong requirements and you're creating a requirements traceability matrix and you're hoping that your development is a part of that. We really want the business to be a part of that full life cycle. Figure out what are the roles and responsibilities for not just your systems integrator, not just your traditional CIO functions, but how do you bring the business in, hold them accountable, right, for, for being and showing up and being part of every step of that SDLC so that we aren't siloing one organization or one set of skills in a room or you know, virtual world, what, what have you, uh, to create that technology, that it is a, uh, an orchestrated relationship with your business partner and they've come to the table committed with resources and people that are gonna enable that end to end. And the reason why is as you develop something in, in agile development or iterative development or DevSecOps, whatever we're calling it these days, Mm -hmm. You want the business people to be there to say, is that right? Yes, it is, or no, it's not, or tweak it here, or improve it there. Yep. Th that's the feedback loop you're looking for. And then also the customer side, you want them to weigh in too. The, the, you could have a, you pick up, you mentioned financial management, they could, you could have the budget director weigh in, but then also the users who are having to run the system. Yes. That's, that's the whole piece you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Jonathan, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. You're listening to the discussion, Modern Government, Mission, Digital Transformation, sponsored by KPMG on Federal News Network. Is your agency feeling the pressure to modernize? A new app isn't enough. Becoming modern requires rethinking the way you operate. At KPMG, we help agencies optimize their business functions, enable the workforce with digital platforms and tools, and protect critical assets from ever-changing threats. Meet current and future mission requirements by continuously improving and constantly adapting with KPMG by your side. To learn more, visit kpmg.com US federal. Welcome back. You're listening to the discussion, Modern Government, Mission Digital Transformation, sponsored by KPMG on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Jonathan Edge, a director at KPMG. Now, Jonathan, before break, we were talking about business integration, systems integration, the difference there, and why CIOs need to consider this idea of, of business integration over maybe instead of or as in addition to systems integration. What's the role of the CIO there? Does this have to come from the CIO? Does it have to come from the business side? Is it some equal place we got sure. to get to the yeah. beginning point together? Uh, first and foremost, I'd say somebody has to lead, right? Somebody has to lead to enable technology to meet the business and the mission objective, right? So I think it's absolutely in the nature of your business to want to come to the table and support you know, the, the technology that they're asking the CIO for. Um, however, they might not necessarily know all the types of resource needs that they would need to create good technology. They might not immediately say, I need somebody who does human-centered design, or I need a lean specialist, or I need a change management subject matter expert, or even a test, you know, somebody that understands how to do testing in a, in a, a quantitative and qualitative way. So, you know, I think the CIO needs to take a leadership role to say, we're not just systems integrators. We are enabling technology for our business partners. 
And we are going to ask our business partners and lead our business partners towards that introspective evalu evaluation of themselves and the skill sets that the collective are bringing to the SDLC process. I'm going to push back on this for a second just because I, I find it interesting. CIOs are put in a tough position mm -hmm. constantly, it seems like. Uh, you have to be leaders, but you don't really have any authority. Well, you have to be accountable for cybersecurity, but you don't have any, like your budget is limited because the budget tends to be in the mission areas of how they deal with cybersecurity. So you're, in some ways, you're saying to the CIO, you need to go to the mission people and, and lead them toward this idea of business integration. How difficult is that? Because mission people, business people are like, I, I don't have time for the IT, just make my email work, right? right. That's, that's the old school of thinking. Yeah, so we have to think about, you know, what is the technology trying to do, right? It's not, it's not to replace our email servers or anything that's kind of, uh, you know, been technology for a long time. It's about rethinking what is technology to that business partner to enable them to do things better, faster, cheaper, what have you, uh, within, within the, the realms of the technology that are, that are, you know, being created. So it's important for the business to want good technology, it's important for the CIO to be able to develop good technology. So I'm not advocating for the CIO funding for all these things. I'm not advocating for the CIO to mandate these things. But I do think there is a natural relationship, symbiotic, if you will, where if the CIO says this is what's needed for success to truly enable your organization to be better, faster, cheaper, the business should, the mission should come with, with open arms and, and open hands. Um, so that, 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 that I think is the, the, that relationship that you would hope to develop. And, you know, there is a push and pull there, right? So you want your business to really evaluate what this technology can do for them. And the CIO needs to enable that as well, right? Let's start a conversation that says, these are your requirements. This is what the technology can do. Let's bridge that gap. Or have you thought about this? Because this is something else that technology can do. Maybe you haven't thought about workflows, right, as it relates to your specific technology. Just as an example. I think a lot of CIOs would wish they could mandate some of these things. But <laughs> what we are seeing is that half a step. Well, let me create some enterprise platforms. Let me put some guardrails up. So hey, financial management, hey, human resources organization, work within these guardrails, yes. and, and then at least we know that. we'll have compliance, we'll have security, we'll have interoperability, we'll have open standards. Is that that half step towards getting to that full business integration? Or is that it, the full step? Maybe I'm a, missing something. No, it is a step. It's a step in the right direction. I, I, think, I think the issue is that it's not the full step. It's not the full step. So, so you do need to go and bridge that gap. And so we do see, you know, hey, don't tell, me that, don't tell me what you need, or don't tell me the technology that you want. Tell me the requirements of your technology. The business doesn't necessarily know right. what they need. They don't have the art of the possible. They aren't technology people, right? They know nothing about low-code platforms. Uh, RPA is a good example, ro robotic process automation. That was a novel concept within the Federal space, certainly, even commercial, 2017, 2018. How do we enable this technology that's, you know, could be transformative to take from low value uh, swivel chair work into high value uh, you know, mission impact work? 
Uh, and, and so how do we go out to our business partners as a CIO, educate them on what this thing can do, have those art of the possible conversations, and then figure out what is the highest value bot in this specific example that might support that, uh, that, that technology enablement function. It's the same thing today. That, that, what I just described, I think, is a, uh, a process that happened with RPA that is, that is in the lane of what I'm talking about between that business and mission focus. But it, it, it needs to extend to the digital transformation and digital modernization that we're seeing today across low-code platforms, across uh, e even things like ERP. What's interesting about you bring up RPA is that was driven from the bottom up, too. A lot of the financial... CFOs and financial management folks said, I'm tired of entering this, this database. I'm yep. tired of going to this Excel spreadsheet to pull data into this Excel spreadsheet mm -hmm. to pull data into this Excel spreadsheet to pull data. So and, and so is this, that's where that partnership happened, that collaboration happened, because, hey, we have a problem, and we think we think RPA can solve it, and the, the CIO came and said, yes, it can, and here's right. why. That's, to me, I think you're right, it's a perfect example of how that business integration can happen. And, and is that why we're kind of talking about it now? Is that why this is a, a hot topic? Because we saw that initial success with something like RPA? Yeah, and I'll say, you know, RPA was, it was novel, but it was something that the, the business, the non-technology folks could understand immediately. Oh my goodness, I, I don't have to enter this thing into a spreadsheet 10,000 times anymore. I can have technology do that for me. And that technology is, uh, is lean, uh, and, and, and can be rapidly deployed. And so it, it, they could see it, they understood it, and then they could see it quickly, right? Um, it's not that different than what we're talking about with low-code platforms and, and low-code development, low-code, no-code type development, where these technologies are, it, are lean and efficient in their development activities to create value and mission value, business value very quickly. So I do think it is a, is a, it is a recognition of what RPA kind of taught. What I would recommend certainly is that we don't lose the value of, of what we learned in that example and realize that it can scale if if the method if the methodology is there, if the process is there, uh, if if the want to and the skill sets are there uh, to replicate it on bigger things as we move towards. ERP modernization type activities that we're seeing across the federal space. Is the ERP maybe one of those good examples of why a business integrator needs to play a bigger role? Uh, I just, just was covering a recent press conference with the Army CIO, and he brought up a huge effort that the Army is about to get into about modernizing five ERPs, 150 support systems. Yeah. And that's all being driven by the CIO, but it's got to have a huge business side to it too. So is, no is that type of modernization, whether it's the Army or somebody else, why this business integration is, is happening? Is a good, is, are those some good examples that you can think of? I think that's why it's just absolutely so critical right now. So, you know, what Army is undergoing is, is not that different than every other organization within the Department of Defense, not that different than what we're seeing on the civilian side across the broadly federal. These ERP modernization type activities are end to end. I mean, an enterprise resource planning tool is procure to pay, it's order to cash, it's budget to execute, it's, it, it spans the spectrum of business process. And that, that integration between business process and technology is absolutely where you would apply fantastic systems integration, 
but also fantastic business integration. And you would really evaluate, again, what are the skill sets that I have and how am I orchestrating these skill sets across the systems development lifecycle to enable the best of that technology. What I don't want to see is for any of these ERPs, because the, the technology has advanced, of course, right? These ERPs don't have the change that's as rapid as you might see in, in some of the uh, more nimble, like low-code platform type technology. So when you advance two decades worth of technology, you have to really think, not lift and shift, but move and improve your business integrator, your systems integrator, and that SDLC so that, that, e, that you're maximizing the value of that ERP. And then, of course, you still layer low-code platforms, robotic process automation. Those are still going to be part of your toolkit, but, but all of the above needs this integrated business and mission component to your core CIO functions. We've seen ERP systems over the last 20 years in a lot of struggles. I think uh, I remember talking to the U.S. Mint CIO years and years ago about his ERP, and he goes, oh, we did it successfully. And I was like, what? Like, like blows my mind because yeah. of how difficult these big systems are. And, yeah. and I, think, I think one of the key here is, is the, why the business integration needs to happen is because you can't do the Big Bang Theory. We, we, no one should be doing it anymore. And that's why you got to bring in the DevSecOps. you got to bring in the Agile development. you got to bring in the UX and CX. Is that why we're talking about business integration now, business integrators now, because of this? It's a, it's the, it's a confluence of, of technology, of understanding, and of the need to modernize without the, okay, here's your requirements that are over the fence, and hopefully in five years you'll have something. Absolutely, yeah. So, so it's that you're hitting it nail on the head, For right? Me. Look at that, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you, you just have to take this opportunity and not, and not waste it. Uh, particularly with ERP, once you set some of those configuration standards at the beginning, they trickle into your organization. So I would agree with your example on U.S. Mint. So these ERPs, we have to think about what they're doing, right? They are, and oftentimes, core to your procurement life cycle, core to your order management life cycle, core to your inventory management life cycle, core to your financials life cycle. So th these are... While there are absolutely, you know, problems with ERPs, you know, we're very familiar with some of the audit issues with, with some of the ERPs, absolutely. But, but they do oftentimes, most times, meet the mission, the core mission of the organization. What we need to do today is modernize the technology. These ERPs are allowing that with, with just what they offer but do so that takes the, what we've learned over the past 20 years and applies it. And that's where this integrated business component plays in. If we're talking about compliance, we know better, talk about Department of Defense, we know better about what is compliant with FISMA and FISCAM and FFMIA and, and all these regulations better today than 20 years ago. Let's apply that and let's, or, again, orchestrate or SDLC, so that those skill sets and those perspectives are part of the discussion. Jonathan, uh, I very much enjoyed our conversation. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. So let me thank my guest. Jonathan Edge is a director at KPMG. Jonathan, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you, Jason. Glad to be here. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion, Modern Government, Mission Digital Transformation, sponsored by KPMG on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search KPMG. 
Thank you for listening to the discussion Modern Government Mission Digital Transformation, sponsored by KPMG on Federal News Network.